You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Nick Rizzo. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Channel 2. How's everybody doing out there on this beautiful Friday afternoon? I'm Nick Rizzo. Joining me today on Friday's edition of Offsides, Sam Prince and Aiden Doherty. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing great as always. Doing fantastic. Well, that's good to hear. Thank you, boys, for joining me today. It's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to have these fellow members of the sports department. Yeah, this is the squad right here. This is the squadron, I can confirm. <laughs> this is a beautiful squad that we have going today here on Offsides. Have some diversity as well. Two Philadelphia fans, me and Aiden Doherty, one New York fan in Sam Prince. So, Sam, I'm sorry, but you're the outsider today. Uh, always going to be the outsider. It doesn't matter. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to uh, to stand your ground with us today. But we're going to start things off this time of year. You know, the Super Bowl's over with. The NBA starting to get in the full swing. And we saw our first game action last night post-All-Star break. And, you know, some teams that were on the radar from fans in terms of you know, oh, going out at the deadline, making this move, how serious can they be? And two teams I have in mind specifically that were in those conversations performed very well last night, and that's the New York Knicks and the Dallas Mavericks. The Knicks, first off, they crushed the Sixers last night. I mean, technically the Sixers only lost by 14, but the game was not close throughout the entirety. So the scoreboard certainly doesn't give the game justice. And new newly addition, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 22 points, led the Knicks last night. And Jalen Brunson, of course, he had a bit of an off game. But, you know, 21 points in an off game, yeah. you know, that's an all-star right there. <laughs> Case closed there. But, and then Josh Hart, Precious Achua, both chipped in 18 points. Precious Achua, another deadline acquisition for the Knicks. Dante DiVincenzo, 16 points. So the Knicks really showed off their depth last night. And we're going to start there specifically with that game. And obviously the Sixers, they don't have Joel Embiid. Bro, why do I, why do I have a feeling that this is like not fucking... So obviously they're not going to play up to their full potential. But still, the, the Knicks looked pretty deadly last night. And so, Aiden Doc, I'll start off with you. Mm-hmm. It, let's let's just take a look at this this logjam that we have in the East. Boston is obviously comfortably in the number one seed, seven games ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah. who are the number two seed. But then from there, the difference between Cleveland and the eight seeded Heat. I mean, Cleveland's seven games out. Miami's thirteen and a half games out. So that's a six and a half game difference from the two to the eight seed. So I, I would consider that a logjam. And where do you think New York stands in that in the thick in the thick of all that? I think, I mean, are you are you asking where I think they'll finish or where I think that they rank it amongst Eastern Conference like where, teams? Like, if you look ahead to playoff time, yeah. Like so, as of right now, the Knicks would be matched up with the Sixers, mm-hmm. and so how far do you think this Knicks team can really go after their deadline acquisitions? 
I mean, look, I mean, if they get, you know, kind of the lucky draw, and right now I think the lucky draw is like being the 2-3 seed right now because you dodge the Celtics until the Eastern Conference Finals. And as long as you're not playing, you know, a healthy Joel Embiid Sixers and, you know, even with as bad as the Bucks are, I mean, I just would not want to see a team with that much talent in the first round. Um, but if you're like, if you're sitting here as, you know, the Knicks and you climb up to that three seed, I mean, the Knicks, Cavs, I mean, that's a toss-up if they meet each other in the second round. No, I, 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 I think that's a seven-game series. I think it's going to be pretty fair. I think the Knicks win that series. Yeah, to to be honest, I, I think any first round matchup in the East, if you look at you know three six four five, any of these series can easily go seven games. Yeah. So let's just say in a world where you were mentioning earlier, Doc, the Sixers Knicks, Sixers win that series in six easily. Well, it also depends on Joel Embiid's health. Too. Yeah, obviously. You're let's just say that the Sixers are fully healthy. You have Joel Embiid. Who's guarding Joel Embiid? Yeah, I I would have to agree. Who's guarding Buddy Heald? Who's guarding Tyrese Maxey? Because I think fully healthy, I still think the the Sixers are the better team, just because like it's simple. They have the best player on the court. And, and you look at the Knicks. I mean, look, they're a bunch of role players, very good role players, and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jalen Brunson, no slight on him, but he's just not on Joel Embiid's level right I mean, now. Joel Embiid would have been the MVP. Yeah. I think this is the one hard thing about the Knicks to to truly buy in. Um, who is the one that's? Why, why am I forgetting? Uh, the one who said that Jalen Brunson can't be that one A. Um, oh, was it Candace Parker? Me, it might have been. I don't, don't want to be putting any I'm, false I'm labels, blanking on but, the name, but I'm blanking. I know who you're as talking well. about. Um, and as a big Villanova fan, as a big Jalen Brunson guy, she didn't lie, right? I mean, it's just hard. I mean, the NBA is so talented that it's it's very hard for a team where. You know, Jalen Brunson is your one to, to really buy in on a championship team because, look, man, it, it's a tough league, and you kind of want that two-way wing with size as your or pot, or center, obviously, um, to be your 1A. And that's why it's hard to buy into the Knicks because it also just feels like they count on him a lot. I think the Knicks are very good. Like, I'm, I'm just simply talking about winning the championship. Like, I think they, they could get to the Eastern Conference Finals, not with ease, but kind of relatively – you know, not so hard, but I think, you know, it's it's going to be hard to buy into the Knicks as a true championship team until you see it. Jalen Brunson is a dog. I know he's going to show up in the playoffs, but it's, it's hard to trust kind of anybody else after that. Like, he – it's not really he can't be a 1A. It's they don't have a 1B. Yeah. You know, unless you truly believe Julius Randle is going to, you know, surge himself or OG Ananobi is going to have some amazing offensive leap in – the playoffs, which obviously we have yet to see, I mean, any even like a, a lick of that. Uh, so I think, I think again, it's it's hard to buy in the Knicks team too much, but they're 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 very very good and, and pretty well rounded. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna have to agree with you because obviously, in past past playoff series, Julius Randle has not lived up to the expectation that one would hold for a star caliber player in this league. And yes, Jalen Brunson is a star caliber player. You know, arguably borderline a superstar caliber player. But if, if you look at the Knicks' entire roster, if, if Jalen Brunson is your 1A, like, I honestly, Doc, I have to agree with you on this because I, I'm not a believer that you need to build a super team to win a championship, but you at least need to have a superstar, a superstar, one of those top five guys in the league, an Embiid, a Giannis, a Jokic, Steph Curry, anybody like that. 
And I, I just don't think the Knicks have that. And, yes, they have a very deep team. And But when the going gets tough in the playoffs, you know, ha- how much are those role players going to continue to excel you? You know, mm-hmm. eventually in the playoffs, you need your superstar to be a superstar and carry you to the finish line sometimes, which I'm not doubting Jalen Brunson's ability to do that. But at the same time, you know, it, it's just it, not at the level that – you would expect in the playoffs out of a star caliber player. But you said something earlier, Doc, that caught my attention. You said, you know, luck of the draw with the playoff series, uh, getting the 2-3 seed, avoiding mm-hmm. Boston until the Eastern Conference Finals. They, you, you look at the Sixers, and honestly, their best bet, in my opinion, is to fall right into that sixth seed. Yeah, that's what I'm rooting for, honestly. I, I do not want to be 4 or 5. Uh, my dream is always the 2 seed, obviously. Um behind Boston and then I would be fine with the three seed um but you know right now that doesn't seem really even possible anymore so right now as if I'm the Sixers I'm kind of rooting for that six seven uh seed obviously you play a much tougher first round matchup than expected but you would arguably be the better team as a seven or six seed uh on whoever you play honestly because the healthy Joel Embiid I mean the Sixers were the very clear second best team in the Eastern Conference it felt like so uh, it would be tough because I mean you would it would be a legendary run if the Sixers pulled it off facing like the Knicks or Cavs around one you know beating them then you know facing kind of either the other one whoever you didn't face in that round one between those two teams and then having to face the Celtics Eastern Conference Finals I mean it's doable um, but I think the Sixers are right now the clear second best team with a with a chance to beat Boston with a healthy Embiid. So right now I mean that lucky draw is kind of all I'm looking for. I, I, if we lose games I'm I'm honestly all right. You know, as long as, you know, we are finding our way to be that. Uh, the six seed is obviously preferable. You do not want to play in the plan. No, definitely um, not. So the six seed is definitely uh, preferable. And, hey, maybe the Sixers will even get to play an old buddy, Doc Rivers, in the first <laughs> round. That would be hilarious. Well, wouldn't that just be a great first round And how funny would it be if the Bucks win that series? <laughs> no. Wouldn't be funny for us. Oh, it would be, be amazing for me. It would be well. You're a you're a Nets fan. I aren't am. You? I am. I am a New Jersey Nets fan. And so I, I, I love how he always emphasizes. You know what? I I was there. <laughs> say Brooklyn <laughs> when they when they play at the Izod Center, the Izod Center. Okay, I am one of the saddest Nets fans you'll ever meet because I'm the most pessimistic Nets fan too. So you go way back with the Nets then. Oh, Devin, Darren Williams, okay, Brooke Lopez, Jason Kidd. Well. So I, it makes sense that you would be rooting on the Sixers' downfall because you don't have much to look forward to the rest oh, of I have, the season. I have nothing but. to look forward to <laughs> yeah. except rooting on downfalls. Who who would you None say is the Nets' biggest rival? Though? We don't have one. That's what I'm saying. Like it's kind of weird with like, them. Do you guys like hate the Knicks? I, I don't. Per- I, I'll root for the Knicks. Hmm. That I, that's, that's like actually surprising to me coming from a Nets. I thought player. it was like I thought it was kind of like almost like Lakers Clippers in a sense where the, the they, Nets, they like they like fake like it's not a rivalry but the they Nets both hate each other so much. But they're like oh I don't care about little brother like <laughs> like the you Nets know. aren't good enough for a rival. They're the saddest franchise. I will root for them. I mean, we were relive. the closest thing probably to a rival due to the, like the Harden Simmons stuff and seeing each other in the playoffs multiple times. This, yeah, we were close. Era. The Celtics were close to us, but no, we just KD and James Harden and just Kyrie Irving decided they didn't want to play basketball again for the Nets. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was definitely your guys' uh, closest shot to. They doing will never that, win a ring to never. winning a championship, never. but. 
Hey, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what Brooklyn has up their what? sleeve in the. Mikael Bridges, you guys want him? Couple I mean, first, I'll couple, gladly take Mikael. Couple Bridges. first round picks. I'll gladly take Bridges. Three first round picks. Yeah, I would, dude, I would love Bridges. I, I've been I've been begging for the Sixers to get somebody from Villanova. I mean, man. you had him. You, you yeah, traded him away to Phoenix. Blame uh, Brock Brown. He was our GM for a month, man. Never forget that. Who Brett Brown? Yeah, remember that, dude? You don't, dude. It was such a weird time because that was when that was a couple weeks before the draft was when the Colangelo tweets came out. <laughs> oh, so they yeah. fired him, and we didn't have a replacement. So Brett Brown was our GM, and. He, I think he saw like Kawhi and Zaire Smith, so we traded for Zaire Smith because you remember he was on the Spurs staff with uh, yeah. with that that team, and I think he saw it and he he just made the move. And I mean, I can't really blame him too much. I mean, they asked him to be GM when he is like the coach of the team. But yeah, it just sucks because that was one of the you know, big blunders of the Embiid era so far. You know, there's not many people that can replicate what Bill Belichick has done, yeah. albeit it's different sports. But being but, a coach and Bill a GM. Belichick- if you look into retrospect, he really wasn't that good of a GM. I've, I mean, his, his drafts were definitely questionable at best. But mm-hmm. <laughs> great coach, but GM no. Yeah, I agree. His, you you his, can't be, Doc. We've had that conversation many times. You can't be a coach and a GM. The coach needs to focus on coaching the team. The GM needs to focus on scouting. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is, that is a little bit and too trading. much. Then he could uh, bite off the bone there. I, I will agree. For not just for Belichick, but for anybody. I mean, just the 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 toll that that takes on your mind and your and your health all around is just definitely not good. But hey, I mean, we also have Miami creeping up here in the eighth seed. I mean, we all know they're gonna Uh-oh. get in, but <laughs> I mean, you scared of them? Can nah, they make another really. run? Like, what's the story? I mean, honestly, Miami? man, I'm not really like too convinced with any of the any of the teams in the East outside the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. Where it's like, man, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they went into New York round one and just somehow found Dude, a way to beat them in how? six. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to Cleveland round one, beat them in six. I wouldn't be surprised if they went into Milwaukee again and beat them. I mean, I think the only team I'd be surprised by is if they beat the Celtics or the Sixers. How funny would it be if they – if the Heat went on some run and beat the Sixers – or Bucks, or Knicks, or Celtics. Would that be the most Pat Riley Heat thing to do? Yeah, and then they lose again, but like they're like Heat culture. Yeah, like like where it's well, like if Pat Riley made a move at the deadline, like a, a true move at the deadline, they might have won the championship. But we got you just culture, love you though. just love you, you just love the gritness of the Miami Heat, well, where they just they just have low expectations every playoff, so that when they lose, <laughs> yeah, in well, like yeah, in like the conference finals and, and finals, it's not a problem. Every time the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. The Heat lose in the conference finals. Oh, so okay. I mean, sorry, so. the final, not the conference finals. The, the let's final. go Sixers, baby. We're gonna beat the Heat. Yes, sir. But hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Butler. It, this isn't a slight on him at all, but you know, the the Heat will lose the finals, and then Butler will promise to win the next one. You know, it's a story that's happened with Butler the past four years, but. Like I said, I'm not hating because Jimmy Butler is one of my favorite all-time Sixers, even though he was only here for about three months. But mm-hmm. it's just funny because my one friend from back home is a Heat fan, and so us Sixers <laughs> fans like to mess with him a little bit. Why mm-hmm. is he a Heat fan? Like, just be a Sixers fan. Honestly, it, it just <laughs> – it, it, it's honestly like the the most front-running situation I've probably ever seen because he started <laughs> watching sports in about 2011, 2012, and his teams are the Heat. Packers and Dodgers. So <laughs> basically, does he all like have te- character? Uh, yeah. Well, he. I will give him credit. He does ride and die with those teams. To okay, this that's day, fair. So, 
I mean, but back then, that was all the teams that was winning the championship. They still so, are. Yeah, I think I think we could make a a, a guess on he's, how that happened. He's seen a Super Bowl, two NBA championships since he became a fan, and a World Series. Like, that's more than I've seen. Yeah, more more than Sorry, most has bro. seen. But let's shift this conversation over to the West because, to be honest, I think the West is the more interesting conference this season. You know, like I. I got to agree with you, Doc. I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics just absolutely ransacked through the East in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not that I think they're, you know, the championship favorite in the league, but they're certainly the best team in the East. I mean, yeah. you, there's not much to argue with with 44 and 12. Like This is the thing. Like, you see Jimmy Butler, like, you know what he's going to do come playoff time. And then, and like, Bam's kind of been very consistent, and he's obviously a great defender. And then after that, I mean, it's question marks, right? And that's why they're so dangerous is because sometimes question marks turn into answers. Like, you're telling me, you know, Tyler Hero and Terry Rozier, you know, get hot a little bit, it's over. I mean, their question marks last year were Gabe Vincent and, and Max Struess, and yeah. they showed up. Definitely uh, an upgrade on the question yeah. marks this season. But So it's like, is Terry Rozier going to just shoot the lights out from three in the playoffs and just continue to frustrate teams and the, the Heat? Gonna find a way to grit and grind wins out. That's it's heat culture. That's that's the crazy thing about the Heat, man. Is they look they're on paper they're very they're not very good, uh, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, but they're just a game's not played on paper, and they yep. have guys they have guys that again that can just show up. And hey, it's it's much like you know Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brunson are much alike in the fact that you know they they won't put up the most gaudy regular season stats. You know, albeit Brunson has had a very nice regular season this year, but yeah. come playoff time, you know they're showing up. You know they're dropping 30 at least, basically on a nightly basis, and going to carry their squads. But last night we had a very interesting matchup. This is slowly developing into one of the most heated rivalries between players in the NBA. The Suns versus the Mavericks. Devin Booker versus Luka Doncic. And Luka's had Booker's number. In- Luka's... <laughs> In recent seasons, <laughs> and uh, he had it again last night. The Mavs win one twenty three to one thirteen. Luca scores forty one points, nine rebounds, eleven assists. Devin Booker had himself a day as well, thirty five points and eight assists. But the Mavericks, I mean, we we talked about it a couple weeks ago on offsides. Aiden Doc, I know you were on the show that day. Mm-hmm. But the Mavs deadline additions. First of all, PJ Washington. Then you have Daniel Gafford. And then you already had the rookie Derek Lively on your team, but obviously the Mavs' backcourt is one of the best in the league with Luka and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. The the thing that they so obviously needed was that frontcourt presence and that athleticism up there, and, and they got it. And the Mavs now they're they're on a bit they're on a very lengthy win streak. I want to say it's eight games now after that win last night, yeah. and so they they have vaulted in the Western Conference up to the sixth seed. They're four games out of the three seed, and so Dallas is starting to look like a bit of a threat. Mm-hmm. And honestly, who who expected New Orleans to still be hanging around Nobody. above the play-in? Because I remember— I, I don't hear anything about them, and no, they're just nothing. so good. I think, look, I had to check their scores yeah, to hear about them. All they do is just win games. It's unbelievable, <laughs> especially in the West when you have teams you know, you, hovering around them. You have Denver, the Clippers, Dallas. You have Phoenix— you know, obviously the Lakers and Golden State are still going to hang around. Wait, what about the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, Sacramento. They they were they made a nice run last year. Basically, are running it back this year. 
And so basically, to make a long story short here, the West is very, very stacked. Mm-hmm. And so, Sam, I'll start this one off with you. I mean, I asked Doc, where do the Knicks stand in the East? Where does Dallas stand in the West come playoff time? Second round exit. Really? Wow. I think they're second round exit. I feel like it's a lot of, you know, luck of the draw with the West, too. Yeah, no, look, back here. your point. It's all about matchups, man. It is all about matchups. So, like, Great point. Again, not to cut you off, Sam. It's fine. The, the, like, dude, you're, I, I'm not betting against the Golden State Warriors. Like, you can't. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so, not. So let's just say. They've won seven of their last eight, and, and they have the arguably the best player on the planet. Like, every time Steph Curry goes He's out the there, if the you planet. said he was the best player on the planet, I would I would be like, all right. I mean, yeah. he, he, he Okay, let's just he say this. Be. these are the matchups come round one. Kings, T-Wolves, they have that. But you look at the six and three seed, I'm taking the Mavericks over the Clippers. I think the Clippers could – so, I, I don't know how the Clippers fans could, could do that. Could 100% be a first-round exit. Do you really trust James Harden in the playoffs? I don't. Do you trust Paul George in the playoffs? I don't. The no. only, I trust Kawhi Leonard. That's I trust Kawhi it. Leonard, but how much can he carry against Luka and Kyrie? See, because the thing is, I've been back and forth on the Clippers a little bit because mm-hmm. you, you have Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, he's been there, done that, right? Yep. He's car- He carried Toronto to that championship. He was the clear number one option on that team. Finals MVP, won a championship with the Spurs. So I don't doubt Kawhi Leonard's ability to be able to do it in 2024. But you do have James Harden, who is a historical playoff choker, right? You have Paul As George. A Nets, and you guys are Sixers fans. Non Nets and Sixers fans and non Rockets fans will never know the hatred of James Harden in the playoffs. You just can't trust him. Yeah, I mean, J- James Harden, even last year against Boston, game one, yeah. puts on an absolute clinic and then, you know, put, has another great game in game four, disappears the other five games of the series. He single handedly won you guys two games. Last year against the Celtics and single handedly lost you guys two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the James Harden experience. Yeah, I pretty mean, much. I think the good thing though that gives me hope about this Clippers team. Again, the Clippers are a team where, again, I I could bother they're the best team in the NBA. But like what you said, I mean, it, I've gone back and forth between mm-hmm. do I really trust a team that has like you mentioned, you know, I love Paul George, I love James Harden, but I I know who they are, and do I trust you know Zubak? Uh, do I trust Terrence Mann? No. Do I trust Norman Powell? Like, it, it's a good team, but it's it's a lot. Again, do I trust Tyron Lue? I love Tyron Lue. I know. I no. love Tyron Lue in that 2021 playoff run, but since then, I mean, he has he hasn't really shown me much. Don't disrespect Tyron Lue. I love Tyron Lue. I, I was praising him all 2021, but since then, he's kind of uh, well outside this regular season, but. Since since the playoffs of 2021, I mean, I've kind of always been like, I'm going back and forth. Of is he just another Doc Rivers where he fools me, and yeah. then and then he, you know, he gets me to buy in, then he fools me. I, I bought him. I think the thing that does play in the Clippers' favor, though, is that you do have uh, Kawhi Leonard who will rise to the occasion. So you don't really have to lean on guys like Harden and Paul George as much. You know, just have them play your roles. Mm-hmm. Let Kawhi do do all the heavy lifting and do all the most of the dirty work. But then again, like Kawhi can't do it all. James Harden and Paul George, they're the other stars on the team. They're going to have to step up and do something. Will they be able to do it? I'm not sure. We'll see. But when we look at the Western Conference, I mean, I, I just I can't get away from Denver right now. They have the most continuity in the West. And honestly, look around the Western Conference 
I think Denver is the team that has the least amount of flaws. I don't trust a team in the Western Conference more than I do Denver. Yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't disagree because, look, you know what they say, Jokic's negatives, you know him possibly not being a great defender. He's gotten better at defense. I mean, is it perfect? No, but he has Aaron Gordon next to him. He has, you know, other guys next to him, KCP. So it doesn't matter, and we saw that not matter last year. Obviously, last year. Again, the luck of the draw. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but you know they got they got a pretty favorable schedule because the West, honestly, for as hyped up as it was, was pretty a pretty weak Western Conference last year for their history. Yeah. So that's why we're I think we're truly going to see what Denver is, but I still trust them the most more than any other team in this Western Conference. But again, luck of the draw really matters. I mean, if you're Denver and you somehow stay in that four seed and you got to see Luka round one, and then round two you got to see the winner of like Timberwolves Warriors. Like even though the Timberwolves aren't that great, Timberwolves without McDaniel's and and with a kind of struggling town slash Gobert duo and a younger Ant, they were probably the the team that was closest to beating them during that whole playoff run. I mean, they almost four six, and it was a close close five yeah. where they probably should have four six and. I mean, with the team that's better, you know, they've gotten experience under, and then now they're going to hopefully add McDaniels this time. Hopefully he doesn't uh, punch a wall um, before the playoffs. <laughs> but, I, again, it's tough because I the Timberwolves are another team where I'm back and forth on because it's like, look, I've been down there for a month and a half, and they just went, you know? Like, I've yeah. been like, ah, I don't really trust them come playoff time. It'll probably die down. And soon, I think soon, sooner rather than later, I think they're, they're going to run away with the one seat possibly. Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at Minnesota – Obviously, another guy we're saying rises to the occasion, Anthony Edwards. You know he's going to do that, but I don't know if Minnesota has enough offensively to get it done. You know, in four playoff series consecutively, I I was one of look, and I love the Timberwolves because I was one of the few people when the Rudy Gobert trade happened that said it would wind up working out for them, mm-hmm. and it, it finally is working out for them this season, but. I just don't know how much upside they have come playoff time, especially offensively. Oklahoma City, I mean, I, I'm like semi bought into them, but they're still very young. You know, yeah. it, they don't have. I do like them. All. I'm, I'm, I think the one thing I like about OKC is I know their crowd's going to be electric. Oh yeah, you know, remember Absolutely. those? Remember those early OKC baby Thunder yeah. finals? Mm. Oh dude, like, those, those are going to be like classic games. I, I hope OKC gets like a good matchup round one. Like with all due respect to the Pelicans. I'm probably that's probably going to be my least watched slash cared about playoff series out of all the playoff series. Um, So I hope like OKC, like imagine OKC Warriors again. You're like, dude, what year is it? (laughs) (laughs) You're you're like, what year is this? Steph Curry just hit a go ahead shot. You're like, it's like the old LeBron tweet where it's like LeBron's 31. This won't go go around much longer. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, like if you think about it with with the Thunder team. It's like, are they almost too young? Well, they they at the deadline, adding Gordon Hayward could wind up being pretty big for them. That's huge. I think they're gonna make it very far again, depending on matchups. But I just don't have them going to the finals. Do you guys have any belief in the Suns? No, I, absolutely. I have, I have semi belief. I, I I can I can buy into it. I but can't it, buy it. It really depends because so, again, they were they were pretty solid against the Denver Nuggets last year in in the second round. They just got blown out and and after they tied it 2-2. Not yeah. Trusting. So it's I look Kevin Durant guys a stud. Uh, I know he's going to show up Booker a known playoff performer now at this point I think. Um 
Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the question mark. It, what is he going to show up? Is he going to be a guy where you're like, do we have to bench him? Because Grayson Allen, I mean, he's balling out for them. I mean, Grayson Allen, I'm starting to trust a lot for this this Suns team. Nurkic, I mean, I just hope he keeps getting better as the season but, goes on. But a pretty underrated like defender when it comes down to it. Yeah, his offensive game though is kind of lacking. But as long as Booker and KD and hopefully Beal are on the court, that's all right. Eric Gordon is starting to get going uh, before the All Star break. Royce O'Neal, I think, was a good move. Former um, net. Will they play David Roddy? I don't know if David Roddy will truly play, but uh, like I could, I could see him being a good, good player, like a PJ Tucker type. But you know, I, I could buy myself into pretty much any team out west, outside probably the Pelicans and and the Kings. I'm gonna tell um, you why. I I can't really buy myself into the Kings, and I, I want to, but I'm sorry. I think I think they're just they had a Cinderella run last year, and sadly Steph Curry just. Was, was the villain turned it right, on? Yeah, sorry. He I, said, "Turn that Disney movie off." We're we're, we're going <laughs> around too. <laughs> I love it. Uh, sorry, I interrupted earlier, but I don't trust the Suns. I don't trust a team with Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker as your big three. Big threes in those scenarios never win. Who is your bench? And Bradley Beal, you said it's a questionable bench. Grayson Allen's been playing better than him, but they will never bench Bradley Beal for Grayson Allen. No, they they can't they can. just simply yeah, they because they, I mean the, they could both play on the court though. That's the thing. They could they could both be like Kevin Durant would slide to the four. I I Allen would be like your three. <laughs> It'd be small, but the West is not a big man uh, dominant conference. Besides Jokic, yeah. mostly. But I I don't want to I don't want to fully fall asleep on the Suns because I know that any given night Kevin Durant could score 45 points mm. and carry them to a victory in a playoff series any given night. You have Devin Booker. He, he's been to an NBA Finals before. That, that's just the facts. He's been there. He's been there come playoff time. And, I, yeah, Bradley Beal is just mainly the question mark. But I, I, don't, I don't think big threes are the way to go necessarily in the NBA anymore. But if I'm looking at the Suns roster, if they, they have guys that if they could just play their role, like Grayson Allen – Eric Gordon, Nurkic, Royce O'Neal. If those guys can all just play their role, round out the starting five, come off the bench, do their thing, and then if Kevin Durant can be Kevin Durant, Devin Booker can be Devin Booker, you know, I think anything can happen with Phoenix. I think Denver is the clear favorite in the West. You know, followed by OKC, I'd have number two probably. I'd probably have Phoenix at number three at the moment, but it's just so hard because... You know, Golden State is staring me right in the face right now, <laughs> and so is Dallas. Honestly, yeah, so I'm never betting against Steph Curry. Steph Curry to me is like oh, Sam's gonna get riled up, but he's like Patrick Mahomes. You know? He is. Like I've never been wrong betting on Steph Curry or Patrick Mahomes, but I've never been right when I bet against Steph Curry and Patrick Mahomes. Just when I think Steph Curry's done, uh, and just when I think you know their teams just aren't good enough. You know, he finds a way, and I, I, I like what I'm seeing from Draymond since he came back from suspension. Uh, Kuminga has been balling out uh, ever since he's gotten those starter minutes. Um, and Clay Thompson off the bench. Look, he's struggling, and they're still winning. Like, you're yeah. telling me Clay Thompson might walk back into Oklahoma City and see those those playoff shirts 
And he might be like, is this 2016? Yeah. And then he's just going to start going on. And I'm like, eh. I'm like, oh, man, this 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 baby Thunder team, once again, is getting cooked by the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, literally eight years later, we could see a potential Warriors. That's, so, that's, that's crazy, man. People really underestimate, like, longevity nowadays in the NBA. Right. Like, do people were probably in 2016 talking about, yo, Clay's probably going to be washed by, like, 2022. 2023. Steph Curry's probably going to be washed as yeah. well by 2022, 2023. And it's crazy. I mean, you look at Steph Curry, LeBron, KD, they're all easily still locks for top 10 players in the mm-hmm. league, if not more. So yeah. it's honestly crazy. But safe to say that we're, we're going to get buckled in for a nice finish here to the NBA regular season. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see what these teams continue to show us over the course of the next month, month and a half or so leading up to playoff time because – you know, the end of the regular season is a very important factor in how you play in the playoffs to me. You know, you have to go in with that momentum. But let's switch things over. Boys, I am so happy to say this. Baseball is back. <laughs> Spring training has started. You know, teams are in full swing with their workouts. And the regular season is just over a month away. Man, it, it, that just brings joy. It that, does. That, yeah, it that, is. that puts a smile on my face, man. <laughs> but we're this will be the last segment of Offside, so we'll wrap things up here. I, I want to get you guys with some early World Series predictions. You know, I've, there's some teams out there that that got got the work in the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, it just off the top of my head, Corbin Burns traded to the Orioles. The Orioles are clearly trying to take that next step. Juan Soto traded to the Yankees, right? I mean, Houston, you know, they're going to still be there. Yeah, that, that, all right, that just made me angry for a quick second. (laughs) Then you look at Atlanta, obviously they're going to be one of the best teams in the league still. Philadelphia going to run it back with virtually the same squad they had last year that went to the NLCS. Uh, You have, and of course the Dodgers, I mean, went out and signed Shohei Otani to a record-breaking contract, signed Yamamoto to a another record-breaking contract so the league is in very good hands in the MLB this year but Doc I'll start with you what what, what teams catch your eye who do you think is going to be in the dance at the end of the year way too early predictions Mm, way too early look as a Phillies fan I know I'm biased but it's very hard to not pick a, a team like the Phillies because look Noah's back and it's even year Noah you know, it's 2024. <laughs> even no oh, Zach even Wheeler's Noah. still here. He's st- Ranger Suarez is only getting better. I mean, they still have Jose Alvarado. You know, Sir Anthony Dominguez hopefully can, you know, bounce back. You know, they they got a lot of pieces, man. And I think they're a team that's going to be, like, very watchable at the deadline when it comes to moves. Obviously, I'm kind of assuming here that they're going to make a move at the deadline. Um, and, again, it's way too early to say anything. But – you you get you still have a very solid team and they're good across the board. But I I think I'm gonna take the Phillies and I think the the reason of trying to be not biased is no way the Dodgers win year one with Shohei Otani. You know, like the MLB almost MLB wants them to win at some point, but not year one because they want MLB fans to troll the crap out of the <laughs> Los Angeles Dodgers because that's what's going to get the MLB some good ratings is the Los Angeles Dodgers choking and the NLCS or the NLDS 
And it's also hard as the Dodgers to win. Yamamoto's going to be making the adjustment to MLB where he's pitching f- full season. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing, sadly, uh, Senga facing the bad part of maybe trying to adjust to an MLB full season. Yeah, right. Um, so hopefully he can heal up soon because he's very talented pitcher. But I think Yamamoto might go through those same struggles where some arm fatigue at the end. And Otani's obviously not pitching. Uh, Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw are like their top-notch pitchers. Bobby Miller can possibly sh- show up. But again, it's for a team as good as they are, like Kershaw and Bueller question marks because injury history and Absolutely. all this type of stuff. They're, not, they're good players, but... Look, it's a long season, and you kind of have to pick the healthiest team. And I think the Phillies signing, getting in, getting with Merrifield, makes me more confident in them in a sense that if they do face injuries, they'll be all right. And then out west, I mean, or in the American League, um, I honestly have no clue. <laughs> no I want to say the Yankees as, I love as a Juan Soto fan, but it's also hard to buy into the Yankees. Yeah, so I want to, I, and I don't want to be basic, but. I, I I really just think the the Astros are just yeah it's 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 just destiny it's inevitable. Um, I don't even know who else I would pick. Like, are we trusting the Orioles that much in a bounce back? Well, uh, well, wait wait till we get to uh, <laughs> all right, my all right, the all conversation right. here. But say I know we got a Yankees fan over here in San Prince. I know you're excited for Yankee season. Are they going back to the World Series? You or know, what? you know, guys, I am very excited for this Yankee season. You trade for Juan Soto, who's been a name around Yankee circle where it was just almost inevitable at a point. It's almost inevitable that they're going to get Blake Snell. So you have a one, two, three punch of Cole, Snell, Stroman, Rodon. Oh, that uh, four. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's all about pitching for health. You have the hitting this year. Stamets slimmed down, but I, I don't have them going to the World Series. You don't have them going to the, the World, going World, World Series. Series. Wow. Because there's too many questions with pitching. Okay. All right. And well, hitting consistency. Reasonable. Reasonable. I have. I know it's a basic answer. This is as basic as it gets. The Houston Astros will play the Atlanta Braves. Oh. <laughs> get out. In <laughs> seven. Don't leave. Leave the podcast. Leave. In <laughs> leave game the seven, the Atlanta Braves will be World Series no. champions. Oh, my God. And Ronald Acuna Jr. Will be mm. World Series MVP. No. Yeah, not not if the Phillies play. Ronald Acuna Jr. just struck out twice there in Nolan in game game one. Braves are down five now. Braves are back. <laughs> Braves are back. <laughs> All right, so we have Astros versus Phillies from Doc. Mm-hmm. Who do you have winning that? The Phillies or the Astros? Oh, no way the Astros beat them again. Nah, the, the script is there. I mean, <laughs> it's they, I mean, they, the they wanted it last year. They wanted that same astros Philly script again, and maybe they were trying to get a fun team in there, and they ended up getting the two quote-unquote fun teams, and they got no villains in the World Series that are, nobody, that you know people would have watched to hate that, watch. That Yankees. And the MLB, sadly, were That Yankees World Series run is going to be fun when that villain of Aaron Judge is going to be there. All right, so astros Phils, we have – Braves, Astros. Uh-huh. Look, I, I I think this season bodes well for the Phillies because number one, like you said, Doc, we're running it back with the rotation. Nola and Wheeler, one of the best one-two punches in the league, if not the best. Ranger Suarez, a very above-average three. He'll give you five or six very solid innings, basically every time he's out there. Taiwan Walker, he's serviceable as a four. You have Chris Sanchez. You know, like you said, well, watch the deadline for possibly a starting pitching move out of the Phillies. 
But in mm-hmm. terms of the lineup, you have Bryce Harper for the whole season. Remember last year he missed the first month of the year. You know, took him a little bit of time to get reacclimated, to get his power back. But what once July and August hit, it was game over for Bryce Harper. But we could possibly see that from April on this year. And so having Bryce Harper in your lineup for the full 162 games will be huge for the Phils. I expect Trey Turner to kind of pick up where he left off at the end of last season in terms of, you know, not starting the season off with a 220 batting average and uh, leading into August, this and that. Try He's comfortable with the city now, comfortable with the fans, comfortable with the organization. So even just those two, I, I think, will pay huge dividends. And then Kyle Schwarber, full-time DH, doesn't have to worry about the field. He could just stick to getting his four plate appearances a game. I think that'll bode well for him as well. And then just overall, I, I, I if I look around the National League, unbiasedly, I think I trust the Phillies the most because, like you said, Doc, you know it'll be hard for the Dodgers year one to do to go to the World Series and win it because mm-hmm. Shohei Otani won't be pitching this season. Yamamoto, it, it could take him some time to get acclimated to the MLB, and then you know look, look at the past few years. The, jo- the Dodgers are just have been generational chokers for the past three seasons. So, yep. And then, you know, the Phillies have the Braves number in the playoffs, but in the American league, I, I like Baltimore. <laughs> I really like Baltimore. I, I I'm going to say that they're going to go to the world series, but like, like I wouldn't be surprised if one of the powerhouses like Houston or yeah. the Yankees, uh, that would be the, them. the worst world. Series. I think Baltimore is just, mm, it's just tough because yes, they got burns. But it's what what else? I think their year is not this year. It's next. I think did they resign Burns yet or is he no. still? I think they'll get him back. Um, but how? And much? I think they'll get other pitching, and then obviously their young talent like Jackson Holiday will probably be a proven MLB player by that yeah. time next year. So I think they'll they're a threat next year. But this year, I still think you know right now it's we're still on top, and by we I mean the Houston Astros, the you know the top dogs out. Out in the American League, yeah. Hey, hey, but dare to be different, though. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I like no, Baltimore. I mean I don't hate. So, I wouldn't be surprised if be in July ter- I say the Orioles might be the favorite out in I the would, AL. If that happened, I would. I don't know if I would watch the World Series. <laughs> On one end, I would have to root for the Phillies, and I can never root for Philly. And then on one end, it's the AL East rival. Yeah, that would be a nightmare situation for you. It was like that my freshman year. When the Phillies played the Astros in yeah, World Series, yeah, that's another one too. But hey, hey, it, baseball's back, baby. We have <laughs> Phillies Astros from Doc, Dodgers Astros from Sam Prince, and Phillies. No, I have Braves Astros. Oh, that's Braves right. Braves and that's seven. Right. My my mistake. Braves Astros from Sam Prince and Phillies Orioles from myself, Nick Rizzo. And with that being said, that'll just about do it for us here on Offsides today. Thank you all very much for tuning in and listening and come back next Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. where I will be with a couple more members of the Roan Radio Sports Department to talk about everything that happened throughout the week. But thank you all so much for listening. Sam, Aiden, thank you for joining me. And I hope you all have a great rest of your night. You're listening to Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM Channel 2. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. 
Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. <laughs>